love handhelds. Hey, there we go. All these fun things that are happening. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, this, uh, someone asked already, are we going to be just preaching that way? No, because the stage rotates, as you can tell. So we are equal uh, distributors of, uh, of the word. Uh, the truth is, we are so glad that you have come today just to be a part of what's going on. It's been a long time in coming. But there's something, uh, there's something powerful, there's something supernatural about waiting. The Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. And today, for us, isn't just about a day that we get to come back together to see each other's faces, although that's really important and very powerful. There's something that's a promise of God, those who wait on the Lord. There's strength in the room. There's miracles in the room. There's breakthrough in the room. I, I want to encourage you to, to believe that you didn't just simply come to have a good church service, not online, not watching it on a screen in your jammies, although that was awesome, by the way. Some of you got to do that. I had to look like this every week regardless. I'm a little jealous. But the truth is that there's a supernatural presence in the room. We know that the Word of God says we're two or more gathered, that He's here in this place, and so He's already here. The hope that we have today isn't that we just are able to sing together and raise our hands together and come together with one voice. The hope that we share today is that we get to stand in the presence of a King today and let Him know how much we love Him and let Him know how much we missed being able to shout unto God with a voice of triumph together and come unto the Lord. So, you know, today's going to be uh, just different as we re-enter in, into this all being back together. For some of you, other than Home Depot or maybe ShopRite, this may be the first time that you've actually been around other people. For some of you, you've been with other people for a long time. We want to make sure that everybody in this room feels like they are comfortable enough to praise God together in this place. So we're just going to pray. Then we're going to worship together. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The old song says, teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Father, we've waited in the name of Jesus. We've waited. But we didn't wait, Lord God, just to have a moment together in time. We've waited for your presence to show up in this place. We've waited to come together to shout under your name to tell you how much we love you. We, we've waited, Lord God, to come together as one with one voice, as one people, to tell you you're worthy, to thank you for the cross, to stand in our forgiveness, to trust in your amazing power. Today, my God, we shout to you. We love you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. It's about you. It's about you. It's about you. Father, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Today, Daddy, build this place. Fill it with your glory. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. And come and move in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we stand together? Come on, why don't we stand together? Come on. Can we just give a praise break for Jesus? Can we just shout unto God for one moment? Just, just
just give God some glory this morning for who he is. Come on. Mountains are still being i 
Say hi to somebody next to you. Obviously, we know that we're distanced a little bit, but just say hi. <laughs> we can all just take a seat when you're done. And we're going to do this family style. I know, first of all, it's so good to see everybody. If you uh, look, if uh, Connect has been your home, welcome home. Thank you for being with us for the journey that we've had over the last uh, lot, of, lot, lot of months. A lot of months. And uh, Dee and I were just saying before uh, to some of you, 
You know, it was, uh, and I know that um, online, we, we have a lot of people still watching online, and online is still going to happen, so it's, uh, it's, it's good to have everybody online, but um, it's, been, it's been so good to know when we were in our living room and in the studio, uh, it, it was, it's so good to know um, that there were other people on the other end, <laughs> and that's why we didn't do, um, that's why we didn't do taped. We did it live because there's something powerful when people gather together and God's outside of time and space. And so, you know, in our minds, I know we have to be in the same room, but God's in every room. So there's something that happens when people gather together, uh, not just in a room, but they gather, get together in corporate faith together. They're they're, they're saying that's why amen is so powerful. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that. That was great. Amen. There's something powerful about corporate faith, isn't there? When we gather together and say amen to something. Amen is saying, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. So like when we're, when we're, when we're saying, let's say amen, it's not because we, we need an end to the prayer, right? Because that's usually what it is. It's like, okay, say amen so that we get an end to the prayer. It's a transition. Amen is, man, we are coming together in faith and saying this is absolutely what God is doing. Um, and there's, that's the power of this room, by the way. There's something powerful. You are, sitting in a, you are sitting in a powerful spot right now. You're not just sitting in a comfy seat. Anybody sitting in a comfy seat? Man, how, I, I know. Someone said to me earlier, uh, Pastor, you better bring it this morning because these seats may cause me to fall asleep. Um, but I love the seats. Right? They're great. But it's not just a comfy chair. You're sitting in a powerful place. Because you're gathered together with people of faith who are believing that God can do something supernaturally in your life. So when you say amen, you are saying you're in agreement with the person next to you. You're agreeing with the person across from you. You're agreeing with the person online that is saying, yes, God, we want a move. We don't want a church service. Yes. We don't want a church service. We want a move of God. So if, if, you, if you aren't, uh, if you uh, have been coming to, to connect for a while, you can know that everything here is different. The stage is in the middle on purpose. Because we want to bring the word and worship to the center of community. You can tell there's no more smoke and lights. Not that we are against any of that, but the truth is that we don't want this to be a presentation to you. We want this to be an invitation to you. Yes. Yes. For you to join in with what God is doing on this stage. Yes. Not, the, the, the power isn't on the stage. The power is in the, the, power is in the presence uh-huh. of God. And so that's what this is about. So we tried every way that we could in all sorts of ways to help us understand that we want to live in community together. But it's not just relationship to have friends because I know lots of us are lonely. Lots of us have been separated because of COVID and the pandemic. It's not just about getting back together. It's about uh, seeing the community of faith and allowing God to do something supernaturally. Yes. That was a long way to say good morning. It's okay. You you waited for a long time. I waited for a long time. Y'all just gonna have to put up with me this morning. It's so cr- you know what's so funny is that we it was we had to train ourselves to look at a camera right yeah. to see you, and now I I was finding myself trying to look for the cameras but being so distracted by being able to see you that I forgot to look and then I realized I don't have to worry about that. Anymore. You don't have to worry about that. Although there is little cameras with lights and on. And we're thankful we're that we understand that there's so many of you that are home and we totally understand but we're so grateful that there's so many people in the room too. That's truth. 
So do you want to tell them? And if you, look, if you are a guest, by the way, thank you for sh coming today. Yes. Thank you for being yes. here with us. Thank you for coming on this first Sunday when everything's still a little bit crazy. Um, and th look, you can find out all the information about what's going on in church and what we're all about on Linktree. There's a Linktree app. Uh, there'll be a slide up there. You can always check it out. Um, let you know everything that's going on here. The one thing that you need to know is that in this new season of Connect, uh, what we believe God has brought us to is understanding that, that God is on the move around the world and that time is short. Time is short. My king's coming back. Uh, my king's coming back. And uh, we, we, we can't rely just on the church service. Did you learn? Like, we had to learn that this year, right? We can't just rely on a church service to be the, the spiritual pump that I kind of pull up to every Sunday and fill my tank up. This should be the overflow moment. And we need to know the word of God. So we, we really have focused on discipleship a lot. And uh, men, we, we want to invite you into Forge, which is uh, we meet every week uh, right now still via Zoom, which is great. And ladies, we've got shoulder to shoulder. We're studying the word of God verse by verse, scripture by scripture, because we got to know what the word says. Not just, not just the... Not, not just a good Sunday morning pet me up. We're going to have some of those. You're gonna, I, I believe you're going to leave Sunday morning and be like, woo! Lots of Sundays. But we're not Tony Robbins. No, we're not here to help you have a better life. We're here to help you actually fall in love with Jesus. And out of falling in love with Jesus will come a life you've never known before. And that's, that's what we really want to help you to do. But in order to do that, you've got to know his word. So there's some other cool stuff going on. So are we going to, we get to tell them now about the building too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. <laughs> oh, okay. So as you, as you can tell, we were like, we want this to be organic. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of how we were at the house too, by the way. So, oh, are you sure you, well, how about you start and then I'll add this. Yeah, up. all right. So guys, part of this, and we're going to get to the word in a minute, but today's just a little bit of a different day. We haven't been together in a while, so we wanted to make sure that we include you into what God has been doing. Um, because this is your journey. It's not just ours. I, I know people say all the time when they see us, uh, man, it's so good to be at your church, or I love coming to your church. And, I, and it, this isn't ours. We get to be a part of stewarding the vision that God has for you. Mm -hmm. um, and part of what God's doing, not just in rebuilding this, and if you haven't got a chance, by the way, to walk around, does anyone feel home, at home here? Is it like, right? It's just, there's just something powerful. So... I want to give a major shout out to my wife. Danielle like designed all this amazing. Our team was incredible, especially, by the way, you're standing in the miracle. Some of you don't know there was a flood two and a half weeks ago that literally destroyed everything and it was rebuilt by incredible amounts of energy. But we're not done building because God has done something supernatural in our, uh, during the season. Um, the middle section of this building that was hit by a tornado that actually started this all off two and a half years ago uh, that we, we thought we were going to build that into the new, new worship center. And that, God had different plans because the week before we were going to sign the contract to build that middle section, a week before uh, we were going to sign to build that into the worship center, um, the pandemic hit. And God turned everything on its ear, but he didn't turn his vision on the ear. He just expressed it differently. Yeah. Hey, sometimes that's what happens, right? We think one thing. God, man makes his plans. Come on, but God directs his steps. 
And uh, the vision of where we're going doesn't change. It's just we made a plan, and God said, yeah, you took the wrong steps. I, I, want, I need you to see something differently. And so the middle section uh, is completely – it was completely destroyed by the tornado. Um, but we are starting – we've already met with the architects. We are in the process of doing this. That uh, for many of you know, we have a ministry called Thy Kingdom Crumb, which is our, uh, our food truck ministry that we do in partnership with Carson Wentz's A1 Foundation. And we actually have a facility down on 1800 uh, Route 70 that is that facility, but we are going to bring that into the house of God. So that middle section is going to become partly TKC. We're going to have the kitchen there, three times the size of the, the area to be able to bring in groups, um, you know, to be able to honor first responders with meals, to honor uh, single moms, to do things for children that are on the spectrum, to, to be able to bless parents who have, who, come on, this is what the church should be doing, the ability to reach out with love and just tell people they're seen and loved and valued. And, and so the second part of what that will go in that middle section is a place called the marketplace. And uh, do you tell them about the marketplace because this is... This is like um, Goodwill on steroids. That's kind of how I was. Uh. Yeah, um, it's something that Kyle just said, but it really, it, um, I know, we, the thing is, is that we had just finished the TKC facility. Like two weeks before. Also, when yeah. the <laughs> pandemic hit. So not a, a lot of people got to um, be able to see it and understand what its heartbeat is and, and, and to actually feel what it holds. I think for me, um, it matters to me how you how a place or how a space makes you feel yep. what it speaks to um, not just your senses but what it speaks to your spirit and what it reminds you of as far as the faithfulness of God yep. and the mystery of God because it's only a miracle of God that well we're sitting in a miracle of God and so that when Kyle said um, that space it's three times the size of what TKC currently is at our at the Rock Hill property, and we don't want just more space to be comfortable. Yes. You understand? We need more space to inhabit. Yes. And we have taken first steps with speaking the language of love to people through food, so that people have the opportunity to get to know Jesus, and the gospel is introduced not just because it's shared, but because it's expressed through people that serve at TKC. And that's, it's a, that's, a, that's been a wonderful thing that we very much continue to do. But with the space comes stewardship. Yes. And so what God started to speak to us, and it, it actually started a few years ago with a, a, a vision type of that we were going to have some sort of store all the time. When we talked about yeah. it, we didn't understand it. We couldn't visualize it. We didn't have the space for all of Because we do Christmas store now, Easter we, yes. store, back to, usually back to school. Yes, because we, we have all of these things that matter to us about helping people, undergirding particularly parents in the community. And so there's enough space in that area where we can figure out how to have a marketplace, a market space where people can come and receive things that will speak to them in their space in their own homes. Yes. So, you know, we, do, we love that you're gonna come here and it's been our prayer that you will feel like this home has been prepared for you 
that God has seen you and spoken to different parts of you, but we also want to be the hands and feet of that to other people in their homes. Yes. Right? So, it, so food is a piece of that, but it's a portion of what we can do. And so there's going to be space there. We haven't worked out all of the details. We're praying that, that people will hear this and, and catch what we're trying to, to do. And there'll, be, there'll be miraculous partnerships. Yeah. And that we can fill this space with things that will help people get on their feet, uh, that will help meet needs that parents have, that they need an extra crib, they need some, that, that, that people will have provided already for these families here in this That's facility. Right. So we're no longer trying to meet a need out here with some sort of provision that might be over there. We were gonna create a space where those two things can cohabitate. That's right. And that it can be a source of, to, of strength to people in the house and outside of the house. Yeah, and, and free. And being able to, to reach out and be able to say to people, what you need is, is in the house of God. It's not just on a Sunday morning. It's in the house of God. What your, what your child needs to go back to school, it's in the house of God. What, what, what you, you know, I, just, just as testimony, uh, because this has been happening, some of this has been testified to throughout this season, but what, there was so much in that middle section that had been stored and uh, had survived the, the tornado. And over the last year, people would come and they were like, hey, um, do you happen to have a dining room table here? And we're like, yup. And we had had our dining room table stored here from before and, with, and it was beautiful and it was great. And being able to, to say to that person here, uh, we had, a, we had an, um, someone from a different faith come and say, I have a need. And here, here it is. And she was totally blown away that people of Christians would be willing to give her, who was a totally opposite faith, just simply for free, simply because there's love. Isn't that what Jesus did? Like he didn't say, he didn't say, you know what? Um, if you were good enough, if you've been following me enough, if you were uh, righteous enough, if you did all the things that the law said you should do, then I'll give you this fish and this bread that I just multiplied and blessed. He didn't say to the leper, hey, if you've been clean enough, I'll cleanse you. Or to the woman with the issue of blood, if you've been righteous enough, I'll, I'll, I'll heal you. He, he simply said, if you yeah. come. Yeah. See, that's where we have to change our mindset. It's got to be, we've got to see that love has to pervade from this place. It's not from a building. It's from a people. Yeah. Jesus, God has always been building a people. And that's what he's building. And love, the thing that can change our nation, our world, isn't better politics. It's not whether we wear masks or not. It's not whether we vote on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle. What will change this nation is that when people will love people regardless of race, regardless of the color of the skin, the side of the tracks they were born on, their education, their socioeconomic background, their religious view. I don't want to give somebody, I don't want to just give stuff to other Christians. We're going to do that too. But the power of the gospel should be free. And it should be tangible and it should be real. And everybody needs to feel seen and loved and valued. And that's what we intend to do. And we're inviting you on this journey with us. You know, Dee had said earlier, this building, we wanted to during the pandemic, we didn't, we, until the flood happened, we didn't ask anybody for help. 
And it's not that we wanted to keep you away from it. It's because we wanted to bless you. As a team, as leaders, we said, you know what? You're going through enough in your life. We want to bless you. And so your team worked hours, countless invisible hours to make this a reality. But it's because we wanted to make these things known to you, not to keep them from you. So at this moment, we can invite you in. We want to invite you into something. And that's, that's the word we want to bring you today, just in the next little couple minutes. And you guys have been great this morning for letting us just kind of hear our hearts. But if you, I, I know you have your Bibles. I, I, I'm so old school saying that. If you brought your Bible, because no, there's like eight people actually have a real Bible. Everyone else grab their phones. Like, if you have your real Bible, hold it up for me really quick. Look. One, two, wow, they, look, there's some, wow, come on, old you, school Christians in the room. You know I like what, it. We, did, we didn't talk about this, but what? the other night I was, yep. um, I was, I was falling asleep and I felt like God was starting to say, and this is, I'm telling on myself because I do not have it with me, um, but I felt like God was saying to me, you know what, start, start asking people to bring their Bibles, and I was like, why? And he said, because when everything is on your phone, everything is subjective. And there's something about, Danielle, when you look at your actual Bible, it reminds you that there is a standard of truth. And it reminds you that it has stood the test of time. And it reminds you that I am unmoved. And so it's just one of those things about how we continue to purpose to become a disciple-centric church. That it's something that I hope that we start actually being mindful of. You know, we might do that at home. But to actually bring the word, because I'll tell you what, if we haven't learned in the last year that pretty much everything has turned into being subjective, then we have not learned one of the many lessons yes. of this pandemic, that for every, for every idea, there is a, there's another idea. <laughs> there's another belief that something is right. And, and I just want us to remember as we go into this word, and we're going to be reading out of Second Chronicles 5 now, that this is unchanging. Yeah. Because Truth. it is who he is. The word is who he is. And so we, this is who we know him to be no matter what. No matter whatever. Racial implosion, pandemic, yep. political explosion. It does not matter. Yep. He and his word, it remains the same. Truth. Yep, yeah, it's, it's the word. Hey, all right. Um, so Second Chronicles chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 1. If you need a title for the day, it's Glory Days. I thought we'd go a little Bruce uh, old school. I know you don't want me to sing the glory days. What? And yet you are. Little young man's heart, glory days. And That's about what I know. Um, <laughs> That's really bad. Um, I, I think just as we started to talk about this, this is a, an amazing verse where God, where they built the temple. And when they were done building it, they started to have a service. And then something supernatural happened. God showed up. And for me, this isn't a, a, a fairy tale. This isn't a cool kind of text that I wish could happen. This, this, is, uh, this is who God is. What we need to see is that God wants to show up for his people. And uh, I don't know about you, but uh, we're done building this part of the building so God can show up. So God can show up. Now, okay, good. We're on the same page. Uh, but the truth is, like, the, the, uh, the, the challenge for many of us, um, I know for me, I'm in my 50s now, is to think about the glory days, to try to recapture something. 
to try to recapture what church was, to try to recapture the feeling of corporate worship, to try to recapture the way I used to be or what used to go on. And yet God is never the God of yesterday. He's the God of today moving us into tomorrow because the word of God says in 2 Corinthians that he's bringing me from glory to glory to glory so that I can be transformed to become more like him. So what God wants out of for us and wants to invite us into is not a better tomorrow. It's a transformed tomorrow by being in his presence. And so that's part of what happens. That's part of what we're believing is happening today. The Bible says this. We'll read this together. Um, in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we're going to go from verse 1 down to verse 11. But it says, uh, So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished, and Solomon brought in all the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver, gold, and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasury of the house of God. So he's done building. And somebody said, Amen. He is done building. We are finally done building. Verse 11 says, Hallelujah. Verse 11 says this, And it came to pass... When the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were there had sanctified themselves without keeping to their division. I'm going to stop for a moment. The Bible says they came out of the holy place. They came out. I just want to, when that, when that hit me, when I saw that, something hit me inside of me and said, there are some things that need to come out from us that we have called holy for too long. And I don't mean that are holy. I'm saying that we've called holy. Belief systems that we've held on to. Thought processes that we are raised with. Patterns of how we see the kingdom, how we see the king, how we see the king's kids. Understanding of how we see the world. There are some things that we have kept holy or that we have brought into the holy place that are not holy that need to come out before the presence comes in. There are some racial thoughts that need to come out. There are some generational norms that we've accepted because that's how we were raised. There are some things, there are some sacred holy cows that we have kept inside that need to be willing to come out. I know for me, this pandemic journey has been a purging of things that I had once held holy. They weren't holy. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? They're not, I'm not saying throw out the things that are holy. I'm saying the things that you put in the most holy place better have his name attached to it. Because the only thing that is holy, the only thing that does not die in the most holy place is the thing that carries his name. Anything that would enter the holy of holies that did not bear the name and the blood died. So maybe today, before we even go any further and ask the presence to come in, maybe we should ask ourselves, is there some things that need to come out? And are you really ready to wrestle with that? I was raised so patriotic. I love history. I love everything about it. And yet this year has made me not just know about the ugly truths of our country. But actually have to face them. And really have to ask myself, is what I'm calling holy what God calls holy? Is what I call justice what God calls justice? Is what I call unity what God calls unity? 
But if I'm not willing to let those things question what I've called holy, then there's no room for the presence. Because inside of me is either going to be life or death. The Bible goes on. It says, <clears throat> And the Levites who were the singers and all those of Asaph and Haman and Judathon with their sons and their brethren stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were all as one to make one sound. Come on, somebody. You can underline that in your Bible. To make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. God is calling us not simply to be. Uh, and when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. For the glory of the Lord filled the house. And, you know, when I was reading that, uh, it dawned on me how I, I think that growing up in the church and just even being a regular, <laughs> someone who is, works with people, right? You're, you often hear about one, the oneness that you read about in that scripture, the unity, the one voice, the one purpose. Um, but what I felt like God was drawing my attention to was that he said there was one sound. Yeah. And I started to lean in a little bit more about what made up that sound. And when you read in that scripture, it tells you that they were sacrificing, but they were praising and they were thanking. They were declaring and they were saying thank you. And I was thinking about my own, uh, my, my own voice to God, the sound that I make to God. And I realized that uh, outside of like if I'm worshiping and even a lot of worship songs contain that focus, which is fine, but I realize that most of my language with God is, is very me-centric. So there's a lot of prayer and supplication mixed in there. Yep. There's a lot of I'm going through this and can you help me with that? And again, the Lord tells us to bring everything in front of him because he cares for that which concerns us. But I just couldn't not hear what made up their sound in that moment. And it was the sound of praise and thanksgiving. And it was a pure sound. It was a really, really pure sound. And I've been saying to Kay, you know, I don't, I don't know of a time that there has ever been a global silencing of corporate worship before. A global silencing of corporate worship. And sometimes we're so drawn to what we're hearing that we forget what we're not hearing. We're so aware of what's present, we forget what's absent. And I started thinking about what that absence had to have been sounding like to God. And I know that a lot of us, you know, over this year we've had so many different opinions and so many different focuses and there's been times where we've said, you know, um, like we, we have a right together and we have a right to worship and um, God has a right to have his people and oh gosh I miss worshiping together right can't you I mean I feel like some some of us have pretty much said all of it at some point um, but I don't recall 
myself or people I've chatted with ever saying like, gosh, I'm so sad for God. Because what has it been like for him to hear the absence of his people corporately from his ear for so long? And like how many of us have been grieved for God, right? Like I, I know I could tell you what I've grieved, but I don't know if I could tell you what God has grieved. And we have to understand that that that, that, that those things register to God. It's not just the good stuff that registers to God. All right, it's the it's it's the pain that registers to God as well. And and that just shows us yet one more time, church, how how self-centric we are as Christians, because we're always view, we've we've managed to even view things like corporate worship through the through the through that strainer of gosh, I miss it. Gosh, I wish we could do that again. Gosh, I, I can't wait to hear what it sounds like again. And again, guys, this is all beautiful stuff, but to be a, a God-centric disciple, which is what we are laser-focused on, be, on, on becoming and helping people become, we have to be willing to start seeing and hearing things from God's perspective. So, right. so good, Dave. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, so good. And we were talking, too, about the fact that, and I'm gonna, I'll just skip to the, to, no, no, to the end of something, no. but, um, you know, when you read that, when you read that scripture, uh, again, and maybe it was because of being raised in the church, um, I was very, I was always honed in on that cloud thing. Like, what was that cloud like? I, I know it represented the presence of God, but like, what must it have been like to be in a place where even to the place where ministry had to end to God. And I've always been um, almost distracted by the cloud part um, instead of, again, the God-centric part of that. Because, you know, God had to give up being corporately worshipped for so long. And so if you think about this moment in the temple... God had a decision to make. He knew that just because of who he is, just by the nature of who he is, if he was to draw closer to the people, they would have no choice but to be able to, assist, uh, to cease to function in their ministry to God and to each other. That's how weighted, that's how present, that's how holy his presence would be. That he had a decision to make. Either I'm going to stay here and let that worship and let that ministry keep coming toward me. Or I'm going to forsake that just so I can get closer to them and they can know that kind of intimacy all the more. That's what he has been missing, church. He has been missing, he has not been missing a sound. He, his ego has not gone wounded. God's good. Like he doesn't need us to make his ego healthy. He knows who he is. And so when he closed that gap, it gave them a greater opportunity to know who he is, to, to, to celebrate and to be touched. And that is what we want to do, church. We want to help us close that gap, not so we can experience all the things that you do experience, because he's God. So his miracles come with him. His healing comes with him. His, his mercies come with him. His forgiveness comes with him. But we have to want him for him. 
And we have to know that he wants us just for us. So good. So good. What you just said, though, Dee, is so, and, and I don't want to skip over, God wants you to go back to it for just a second, but God had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. He knew when he drew close, there's no way for them to stand. There's no way for that to continue to go on. And yet the deepest desire of God is not to be praised. The deepest desire of God is to be with you, is to be with us. Like he was willing to forego the sacrifices. He was willing to forego the, the, the continued sound, the continued worship for one purpose, just to be, close the gap. I mean, see, it's, <laughs> I, was, I was joking with Kay, but, you know, when we say, like, oh, my gosh, he's, the, the, the silencing of corporate worship, you know, that must have been really hard on God. Our humanity immediately steps in and starts misinterpreting even that. As Christians, we're like, yeah, it must really stink for everybody to stop telling you how great you are. <laughs> right? Like, we, we might not let that come out of us, but if you think about it long enough, like, wow, God must have been really sad not to hear all that worship. And it's like, uh, but why? Because, because, of his, because of he needed to hear that from us. And it was like, no, because there is, there is a portion of himself that he shows when we're together. And it is something that doesn't bless him. Yes. He is it, just it mind-blowing because we're, when he comes close and gives us more of himself, it blesses us. Yes. He has the angels. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. He, he, right. He's not saying like, wow, Heaven's it's, gotten pretty, not it's, not been, it's yeah. gotten pretty quiet around here. Yeah. Like, he, he's never picking up on that on, that, on the other side of the veil. Uh, the praise is always going forth. But when that has been missing from this, and I, and you know, we're used to, again, being not only just um, us-centric and, as believers, but we're also used to being us-centric as Americans. Yeah. And we even want, you know, it's easiest for us to think that, like, oh, yeah, because it's been hard for churches to meet in the States. <laughs> this has been global. Right. That silencing that we're talking about, it's global. Yeah. And yet God would have that sound come from us today, and he would still let his presence fall into a place where we could not even speak. We could not even keep bowing down because we would be flat on our faces. And God would say, I'll take it because if that's what it looks like for me to get closer to you, I don't need that. But you need me, and I know that you need me, and I don't hold that against you. Yeah, Yeah, I I think I love this trend. I think I love this moment because it's, 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 it's not like the priests were never going to work again. Like the Bible says they, they stopped working. They couldn't work anymore. Um, and it's not like they weren't ever going to work again. But there's this transition moment. And, and, I, and I hope that for us today, this is a transition moment. There, there needed to be a time, a moment, when, when this transition happened from building to being. From living for something to living from something. And, and so much of religion is living for something. I, 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 live, I mean, living, you know, I'm living for something. I'm trying to get God to respond. I'm going to give so I can get. I'm going to pray so I can get healed. I'm going to worship so that he shows up. That's living, for, that's living for something. They did all that, and then God showed up and said, now I'm going to change the way that you live because my presence is going to show up, and now you're going to live from something. You're going to live from being you don't have to build something any longer. It's be something. 
you know, so long I, I lived building the church and then I realized uh, it was never my job to build. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the thing that I'm going to build, the gates of hell won't stand against. So all I'm asking you to do is be. Be with me. Be like me. Come on. Be a representation of me. Be my hands. Be my feet. Be my voice. He's not asking us to actually build something. He's asking us to be something. In my whole life, I was living for something. I was just trying to get God to do something, not from a bad place. I'm not talking about, come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about from a bad place, but I am talking about from a self-centered, self-centric place. I never stopped and asked that, that question, Danielle, just asked, put me on my butt this week. Are you kidding me? Yup. Do you know what I've been complaining about the whole time? I haven't got the chance to get my praise on with my people. Anybody? Just want to get my praise on. I got to get in the house, get some praise. I want to lift my hands. I gotta get, and that's awesome. There's power in that. And, and God's called us to do that. And it's not a diminishing of that. But the problem still was at the center of that was uh, me. Because I never once asked that question, God, how sad are you that your people's voices have been silent? Not because they were wrong, but because of the situation of life. And then I look at this and I see his heartbeat to his people. They were sacrificing. They were singing. And God said, yeah, I got it. But see, my heartbeat isn't just to be for you to live in sacrifice. And my heartbeat isn't just for you to sing. My heartbeat is for you and I to have no space between us. So I'm going to come and fill every area that you could possibly be in. I'm going to fill every inch, every millisecond. I'm going to fill every millimeter of your life. That's what I'm going to do. And even if it means you've got to be quiet, even if it means you stop praising and stop sacrificing for me, if all that I want to do is be with you, what kind of God do we serve? That wants to be with someone like us. Yeah. Oh, we can feel full of everybody, but we can't fool him. Yeah. Yeah. We can wear the nicest clothes on the outside and have the best persona and have the best public profile. We can have the best reputation in our workplace. But see, my God knows my warts. He knows my thoughts. He knows my wicked ways. He knows the things I do in secret and the things no one knows. He knows the thoughts, the words, the intentions of my heart. And he still chooses to close the gap between him and me. He'd rather have me than my sacrifice. He'd rather have me than my praise. He'd rather have me than my prayers. He'd rather have me than my tithe. He'd rather have me than my service. He'd rather have me than anything. What a God we serve. Yes. They built this temple going, man, we're going to make this thing shine so everyone, every other nation knows that our God is awesome. And I love the intention of their heart. And God showed up and said, I don't care what nations think. I care what you think. And if I have to make sure that you are silenced for a year so that you know that there's nothing more that I want from you than you, I'll do anything. This, my friends, what we see in this text is a picture of the church. The difference between then and now is that then the glory lifted, now the glory stays. 
I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a people. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you all, y'all, that's when I was in Tennessee, that's how we said it. Y'all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have blown through that verse a thousand times in my life. I've quoted it. I've talked about it. I've texted it. Come on, somebody. We've been in class, and I've told you the difference between this and 1 Corinthians 6. One's individual. One is corporate. But when you get down to it, I am a living temple. The glory does not leave. The glory has stayed. He's closed the gap not for us to sacrifice and not so we can praise. He closed the gap so we could be with him. The cloud was not there to comfort them. It was there to convert them into something they could not be on their own. We see it in this text, but when the building of the temple with human effort, with human work was finished, God filled it with his presence as a sign of supernatural empowerment. Stay with me. This is the same thing he did with Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection. When Jesus' human effort was done and completed on the cross, when he had done everything he needed to do in the natural to build the temple, his church, when he said, it is finished, my God did not stand back and say, "Woo! look at that temple. That's just something beautiful. My God filled it with his presence for a supernatural purpose to reveal to the world the glory of our God that cannot be contained inside a building or a box, but it has to be lived out in a person and lived out in a people, lived out in every nation of every color and every creed to rise up together in one and do something for his glory. Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, And on Pentecost when they were all together again in one voice, the Holy Spirit fell and filled every one of them. It didn't just fill a room. It didn't just fill a section of the temple. It filled every person. It didn't just fill the preacher, the prophet, or the politician. It filled every person who called on the name of the Lord. If you call on the name of the Lord today, the Bible says do not just be drunk on wine. Be filled, constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit filled life that God is calling you to. It is not a religious life. It is not a better life, a more moral life. Those things will flow from it. It is a supernatural, empowered life. There should be signs and wonders and miracles, not because Pastor Kyle and Pastor Danielle are holy enough in order to see those things come, because there's a group of people who are believing that the Spirit of God dwells inside of them, and what is impossible for man is possible for God. That part of his promise to you, his promise, just like heaven is a promise, just like forgiveness is a promise, just like healing is a promise, he has promised that you are filled with the Holy Ghost to manifest the power of God in a world that needs it. Never before has there ever been a world that needs the Holy Spirit's presence more than now. In the entire planet, it's never going to come for just a few good preachers on TV or a few good podcasts that inspire us to be better. It'll come when we, the temple of God, cry out and say, God, here I am. I've sacrificed. I've praised you, but all I want is you. So come and fill up every part of me. I'm going to let the things I used to call holy to get out of me so the one that is holy can get in me. What he created, my friends, and what he still creates 
what he created then and what he creates now is, is a move. It wasn't a moment. In the Old Testament, he created moments. In the New Testament, he creates movements. See, we're so Old Testament minded. We come together on Sunday because we're hoping for a moment. But my God is the God of the New Testament. He's the God of movements, not moments any longer. The Holy Spirit used to show up on Samson. Show up on Gideon. Show up on David. He doesn't show up on us. He dwells inside of us. He's calling a movement. The very word church itself. Ecclesia. It's a gathering of people together going in a common direction for a common purpose. That's what that word means. It's not a building. Although I'm glad that we get to meet in a building. Somebody say amen. Y'all are much better looking than the camera lens I used to look at. This didn't end the work of the priests. It added the supernatural to the natural. I got this. I was thinking about this. The Bible says he comes in and they were at work and he stopped them. He stilled their hands. Have you ever had an a child as a parent who wouldn't listen to you? No. Daniel just said no. We, we had a different child. I, if you're a parent and your child won't listen to you, very often what you will do is you'll grab their hands. Get their attention. God stilled their hands to get their attention. Because he was not interested in them living the same life after the encounter as they lived before the encounter. They had to come to the end of themselves. They had to come to everything the natural could do. And then God said, great, now let me show you what the supernatural can do. That's what 2 Corinthians 3 says. The confidence that you and I have isn't in ourselves. We're not sufficient because we're good enough. We have been made sufficient to be called ministers of God because he has filled us with his spirit. You are supernatural men and women of God. And I know we got to end But I know this, that whenever God moves miraculously, whenever God shows up, the people who he shows up to don't just walk away different, they walk away carrying his presence. They carry something. They carry the miracle with them. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 14, we were talking about it earlier, but the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus does a supernatural miracle. It's amazing. It's incredible. People were blown away. Never seen anything like that. But the Bible says this, that after he broke the five loaves and two fish and he made it so 5,000 people could eat, how many baskets were left over? Twelve. How many disciples were there? So each person carried the miracle away with them. 
God is not trying to just have a moment where the crowd is filled and walks away going, I'm so glad I was there today. God is trying to place something into your hands so that when you leave the moment, you carry with you a movement. You take with you a basket filled of five loaves and two fish and you, because you're supernatural beings, created temples with a spirit that dwells inside of you, now gets to carry with you the things the spirit of God has ordained for you. It's not your basket. You didn't create the miracle. But you do got to carry it. Do you know what our friends don't need? Another social media argument. You know what they don't need? More people pointing fingers and pointing out how wrong they are. You know what they do need? I don't know. I bet when they're sick, I bet they need to be healed. When they're alone, they need to be loved. When they're feeling shame and guilty, they need to know they're forgiven. When they've been isolated, discarded, and devalued, they need to know that no matter what they've done and no matter where they've been, that our God will close the gap to show up for them. You know how he does it? Through a movement. I'm really glad we're back in church. But I'm even more excited if we will be the church. And I hope you feel comfortable to invite people back and into this great place because we build it so that people can feel welcome and at home and loved. We wanted to make it beautiful. But if this is the only time that they recognize the presence of God in our lives, basket we're carrying is empty. His presence. Jesus died so not only we could be forgiven and set free, we can step into the beautiful nature of heaven. But he died so that the same spirit that rose him from the dead could dwell inside of you and I. And the spirit of the Lord filled the temple. Filled the temple. I don't know about you, but I've been running on empty for a while. I don't know about you. My tank's been low. I haven't gone to the dark side and stepped over into all sorts of things, but what I'm saying is this it's easy to be good and be empty. But it's much easier to be holy when you're full. So I'm just going to invite you to stand with me right now. We're just going to invite the team back up. We're going to sing that song again. We're going to worship just a little bit more. This is a move. This is a move. This is a move. You know what I love, church? Just as we get ready to sing. God didn't need those priests to be perfect. He just needed them to be in His presence. He doesn't need you to be perfect today. 
just needs you to be willing to stand in his presence. There's things missing all around this building today that you wouldn't even notice. But the ones who designed it, we notice. But those things that are missing, they didn't keep you from coming. They didn't keep the presence of God from being here. And yep, there's things that are missing in our life. There's things that should be there that aren't and are there that shouldn't be. But it doesn't keep God from coming. The only thing that would keep God from coming into your heart is for you hearing him knocking on the door to say, no, God, I'm good. I'm cool the way that I am. I'll take care of me. I've got this. Those priests didn't have to be perfect. They just had to get in his presence. Because my God is not just a God of a moment. He's a God of a movement. Lord, Holy Spirit, come and move. Come on, please, let's sing this. Mountains are still being moved. Struggles still being moved. God, we believe it. Yes, we Wonders are still what you do, and bodies are still being raised, and giants are still being slain. And God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Oh! 
filled with his presence today. Today, the Bible simply says that Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and if you will open that door up to him, he'll come in and he'll fill you up. He will fill your life up with his presence, with his person, with his passion, with his purpose. Today is a day when you can get filled up by the presence of God. And maybe you've never taken that opportunity before to actually say, Jesus, here I am. I want to open my life to you, but I invite you to do that even right now. As we already said, it's not really about how perfect you can be, are or aren't. Because the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. None of us are good. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short when it comes to God. But that's the beautiful thing of God's passion for you. That God will not let anything come between Him and you. It's why He sent Jesus to forgive us, to cleanse us, to make us right, to heal us by what He did on the cross. Today, 
There's no reason to stay empty. Today, you can be filled up. So I'm going to pray. The Bible simply says that if you confess Jesus with your mouth as Lord of your life and believe in your heart that he died for you and rose again, that today you shall be saved. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of transition. Today, it can not only be a moment in your life, but it can change into a movement towards God in your life. Today is your day. And just in this last moment, with every head bowed and eyes closed, If you're here today and you can just say, Kyle, man, that's what I want to do. I'm inviting you to pray this with me. We're all going to pray. But you pray from the bottom of your heart. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you all my life. I'm holding nothing back. Come and fill me up. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Forgive me of all my sin and cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. I'm asking you, Jesus, to fill me with your holy presence. From top to bottom, leave nothing empty. I'm choosing today to live for you, for your glory, both now and forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, shout to God today. If you made that decision, that is a life-changing decision. And my friends, look, if you made that decision today, there are pastors standing around you. Pastor Rick's right over here. Pastor Rick, can you give him a wave? Pastor Rick would love to be able just to take a moment with you. We have a book for you. Whether you are a Gen Zer or whether you are Post Gen Zer. These books are free. It's called The Surprise of Your Life. It's just going to help you know what decision you just made, how to walk that thing out. You can't do it alone. What we're inviting you into isn't just Sunday morning services, although I hope you keep coming back. What we're inviting you into is a life that's different and changed, and a life filled with His presence. So glad you're here today. Before we leave, we're going to take offering differently now. If you've looked around, uh, we just have some things to do a little different in this service, as you've noticed. And one of those things is how we give. And we wanted to invite you, or we wanted to place offering at the end. For one, one reason, one of the reasons is as a response to be able to say, God, you know what? Man, I, I want to I respond to you today. I want to love you today. I think there's a couple ways that you can give up there. Look, we have these new things over here called giving kiosks. That's just a fancy word for a place you can drop an envelope. You can always give online. You can give with your cell phone, which I'm going to do in just a second as well on Linktree. Let me just say this. Here's the truth. When God showed up, the Bible says he filled every space in that temple. He didn't just do it part. He didn't just give a little. I'm 
imagine? It would have been cool. Like, we would have been blown away if God just would have showed up just in that far corner above that barn door with all those fun plants on it. If just in that little corner there would have been a Shekinah glory this morning or an angel would have showed up, you guys would have been like, ah! You would have been like, come on, Instagram happy. It would have been awesome. But he didn't do it to show off. He did it to show himself. Because God says, I'm not going to hold anything back. God gives all who he is to his people. What a giver God is. We don't give to get God to do something. We give because God has already done something. It's because of who he is. So my friends, just want to encourage you today. No matter how you want to do it, whether it's on Linktree or whether it's on CCB or whether it's a giving kiosk, I want to invite you to be a part, to be a giver, to partner with what God's doing here, and to be a partner of this house. Because although all of this has been paid for already, there's still a whole bunch more we need to do. A whole lot of people that need to be touched and saved. So can we just pray over that offering really quickly just before we get ready to go? Father, I thank you for every gift that was given today. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your presence. I thank you for these people. I thank you for the cross, your mercy and grace that's new this morning. I pray every seed that's sown today may be multiplied and changed into a hundredfold harvest of lives, people, of healings, of breakthroughs, Lord God, miracles in people's lives. Daddy, we aren't giving this morning to get. We're giving because you are a giver and we want to be like you. Change our hearts. We give you the glory, the honor, the power, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here, but I just threw this at Chris. Just keep playing that same chord progression, and we're just gonna sing all to Jesus, 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 all to Jesus. Father, I pray that we will continue to get the word inside of us and that 
God, I pray that as we walk out of this place that we will always remember you have not just simply restored a building to us, God. You have not even simply just returned corporate worship to your globe, God. I pray that you would remind us that you have returned to us an opportunity to be intimate with you, to let the word show itself faithful, to live according to your love and your word. And Father, I pray that you would teach us, beginning today, how to become the most true and sincere disciples that reflect you as best as we know how on this side of the veil. And Jesus, it's your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Have a beautiful Sunday. We made it. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Thank you.